Hello and welcome to Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. And I'm Alex Deakin. There are signs of something drier and warmer on the horizon, but most of this week's episode, we are going to be talking about rain and mostly rain in the UK. It was a very soggy July, as most of us are probably fully aware. First of all, here's your global headlines in brief. The heat wave across the Mediterranean may have eased last weekend. However, indications are there'll be another pulse of hot weather surging across Spain early next week. Now, global forecasters here at the Met Office don't expect this returning heat to be as long lasting, but certainly there's an indication that temperatures could peak into the 40s across the interior of Spain. So one to watch. And we're still talking about the heat across southern parts of the United States. Unprecedented streak of extreme temperatures just continues across the south, particularly southwestern parts of the U.S. The heat has been here for well over a month and has created all kinds of problems. Wildfires, of course, heat-related deaths, uh, delayed air travel, that kind of thing. But yeah, the, the heat wave just doesn't stop, does it, across the southern portions of the U.S. At times, it's been pushing north into central and northeastern parts of the U.S., but across the south, it's just a kind of a constant feature. Mm, it really is. So yes, it's uh, not great at all. Really stuck in a particular pattern there. Now, let's just bring you back locally to the U.K. and Yes, the June heat is now a dim and distant memory (laughs) because the July stats are in and there's some quite extraordinary numbers. A lot of it is not particularly surprising when it comes to the top headlines. No, Northern Ireland, that was the top line, if you like, the wettest July on record in a series going back to 1836. Cast your mind back to Saturday, the 22nd of July, a couple of weeks ago, relentless rain across the province caused homes and businesses to flood. The northwest across County Tyrone, Donegal and Fermanagh, that zone really badly hit. Northern Ireland saw more than double its average rainfall for the month, 185.4 millimetres to be precise, 207% of its long-term average, the provisional figure. Uh, other parts of the UK saw three times their monthly average as well. And the the previous record for Northern Ireland was very close to this figure, 185.2. So only just squeaked past that July of 1936. But yes, most people are fully aware that it was a very, very wet month. Uh, not only Northern Ireland, England and Wales also had significantly wetter than average month as a whole. So 120 millimetres for England, 176 millimetres of rain uh, for Wales. And Scotland had 50% more rain than average at 155.1 millimetres of rain. So, yes, all in all, a very, very soggy month. I think overall it was the sixth wettest across the whole of the UK. It was the sixth wettest July on record. Yeah, interesting what you just said, Alex, that in, um, Northern Ireland, the previous record was 1936. And in fact, if you look at the wettest Julys across that time period, they're really scattered. That gives us some perspective that this is not particularly a a, a common event in July. Yeah, and that kind of follows along with what we're expecting with climate change. You know, a lot of the temperature records are much more clustered over recent years, of course, because we know our our climate is warming. But how that impacts rainfall, that is still an area where, you know, you're going to see much more variability. And with with the climate, you know, we know about those indications of warming, but the signal is much less clear for rainfall. Rainfall amounts are increasing through the summer, This is associated with heavier downpours. A warmer climate can hold more water. So we know we're going to get more rainfall out of it. Yeah, interesting. I was talking to one of our climate statisticians um, and asking about where does that sit with the UK for summer rainfall stats? 
So let me give you some more numbers here because it's quite interesting. The wettest summer on record was actually 1879 and then 1912, 2012 and 2007. And due to the fact we saw such a dry, sunny, I'm sorry to remind you, but very warm June. Um, and we've only got three and a half weeks to go of our summer. We're likely not to hit that top five or even that top ten. And I know you've got some better news for us coming up about where our summer's going. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hang on to our hats for some, some light at the end of the tunnel. I think what's really interesting, Alex, and I think this is an ongoing area of scientific investigation when it comes to the ever-evolving position of the shape, the strength, and the position of the jet stream. Now, we do talk about the jet stream a lot on the podcast because it's so influential with our weather depending where it is and how strong it is. But we've seen two very different types of weather this summer. Yes, the, the heat and the dry and the sunny weather, and then the wet, cool and cloudy weather. But it's almost two sides of the same coin. Yeah, the jet's been so important this summer. As, as you mentioned, we measure summer as the whole months of June, July and August. So that, that is summer meteorologically, or perhaps that should be climatologically. Uh, but yeah, we had that kind of almost flip around, didn't we? Uh, for most of June, the jet stream was way up to the north. And when the jet stream does that, it takes the low pressure systems with it. So Iceland was getting hit by low pressure after low pressure. And we were on the warm side of the jet. We had high pressure in June, high pressure, sinking air, lots of sunshine, all adds up to a hot, dry uh, and mostly sunny June. And that's what all the June stats said, hottest June on record, of course. But since then, the jet stream has shifted and it kind of got stuck in this pattern of the number of waves, because obviously it goes right around the earth. So it got stuck in this five wave pattern. And when it's in that five wave pattern, it's harder to shift. And that's what we saw. And we were then uh, on the wetter, cooler side of the jet stream. And, and that didn't change. Now, we have seen a shift in the jet stream pattern, uh, but we are still at the moment on the cool and wet side. That may change, as you hinted at earlier. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there, as I said, there is a lot of research going on about the jet stream and how it could change under a warming climate and how it interacts with the North Atlantic as well. That's another yeah. key factor. And, uh, you know, again, as that's entered the news in terms of AMOC, the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation. And it's something we've done on um, our climate podcast. We've interviewed experts and talked about tipping points and whether there will be a change of this circulation, which keeps us as a lot milder and wetter than our counterparts, our sort of long latitudinal counterparts across the eastern side of North America. So another topic of conversation for a later date, I would presume, Alex, it's not something we're going to dive into today. Maybe it could be a deep dive for you, though. Who knows? Well, it could, but I was just, I'm very grateful that you you knew what AMOC stood for, because I always get, I always get confused. They're nevertheless, you think they're going to be, are they? No, there's so many acronyms when it comes to weather and climate. And, uh, <laughs> uh, that I, you know, let's just, uh, let's just go, not go down in that direction. It's maybe, again, a good uh, conversation for later. We could do a bit of a quiz to see whether we do know some of the, I mean, there's one called Unseen, I mean, that acronym, I mean, what does that mean? Wow. It's to do with the 10-day sort of decadal trends in extreme weather. It's a need-to-know basis. Silence is the loud reply from both of us anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do, do that quiz. Maybe do that quiz when uh, when Aiden's recording. Yeah, let's do an Aiden one. Yeah, it's good. Finally, we have talked about these incredibly wet months. And, and let me just give you a final set of stats because we do love stats on this program. Oh, who doesn't love a stat? Yeah. And this is sort of 21st century, the wettest months. So since 2009, we saw the wettest November in 2009. 
the wettest April and June was 2012 and cast your mind back to December 2015. It was a pretty horrible month for millions of people here in the UK. The wettest December on record with storms Desmond, Eva and Frank during that month. And Alex, February 2020, do you remember that one? I do remember that. I remember that vividly with uh, three storms, one after another, wasn't it? Almost one every week for uh, for three weeks. Absolutely incredible. Storm naming is a, a brilliant way of really informing the public. People remember the names so well and obviously then listen to the information, making informed choices about if they are going to be impacted and what to do. And in fact, just this week, the UK National Risk Register, the NRR, which is an assessment of the most significant risks facing the country, has been updated by the government. Yeah, many of the hazards highlighted on the register are related to natural hazards. So the Met Office obviously plays an essential role in dealing with, with many of these issues, including hazards associated with extreme weather, such as storms, droughts, flooding or extreme cold, snow, ice and heat in particular. The Met Office um, is actually a Category 2 responder and works closely with the government, informing them on these risks. And, and it's just undeniable that our weather is changing. And so things like storm naming, warnings and our continual feed of weather and climate information adds important insights and value to this. Talking of warnings, tomorrow, Saturday, further warnings in force. Yeah, wet and windy weather is swinging in from the west. Another area of low pressure, active jet stream, really lively jet stream uh, sweeping across the North Atlantic. Not in that kind of wavy pattern anymore. It's much more, as you say, much more zonal, much more active. And for the time of year, really quite unusually strong, the jet stream. It's picking up an area of low pressure that's got some tropical air mixed in with it. It's going to interact with the jet stream, cross the jet stream. And as it does, as it approaches the Republic of Ireland, in particular during Friday afternoon, it's the evening it's going to intensify and that means the winds will pick up and it's another unseasonably windy spell and also for some a very wet spell now the exact position of that low will be crucial as to where we see the heaviest and most persistent rain but we do have warnings in place for the rain across northern ireland and for those winds across parts of wales and southwest england especially really blustery conditions again gusts of 40 miles an hour quite widely but around coast 60 maybe even in some locations 65 miles an hour now again you've got to take into account the time of year we wouldn't, probably wouldn't issue warnings for a, a low pressure like this in uh, november or december but it's the time of year, you know, a lot of people on holiday, people camping, that kind of thing. And this really does need flagging because it's going to be unseasonably windy again and potential for uh, dangerous gusts of wind at times. And it could well cause some disruption this low as it moves in. Um, it does clear away. Sunday will be a brighter day, a mixture of sunshine and showers still on the cool side, however. But there is a glimmer of light. Remember this time last week, Claire, I talked about a whiff of a hint <laughs> of, of, of a sniff of something on the horizon. Well, it's more of a stench now. Uh, we are seeing proper signals that the weather will start to calm down at the end of the week ahead. So Thursday, Friday, higher pressure moving in and it looks like it will turn a little bit warmer as well. Can't. And there's no strong signals about how long it's going to last, but certainly the back end of this week should be drier and warmer with temperatures back into the low to mid 20s rather than just into the high teens. So if you're after something warmer and drier, there's some positive news there for the end of the week. But this weekend, uh, well, just be prepared for some wet and windy stuff, particularly through the first half of Saturday. Yeah, so it is one of those, though, this weekend, stay tuned to the forecast and choose your moments carefully. Before we go, let's head over to Stephen Dixon, though, with last week's 
highs and lows. Here are the UK weather extremes for the week beginning the 24th of July. The warmest place was Wellsbourne in Warwickshire, where 25.8 degrees Celsius was recorded on Thursday the 27th. That reading, taken by an MK4 electrical resistance thermometer mounted inside a standard Stevenson screen. Base of the screen 110 centimetres above the surface of the ground and ERT 125 centimetres above the surface. The coldest place was Loch Glascarnock, which saw temperatures fall to 1.2 degrees Celsius on Wednesday morning. The wettest day was Thursday, with Scarborough, North Yorkshire, recording 40.2 millimetres of rainfall. Finally, the sunniest area last week was Northern Scotland. Lerwick in Shetland enjoyed 14.7 hours of sunshine, again on Thursday. Thanks, Stephen. That's all for Weathersnap. Wherever you are, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll be back next Friday. Goodbye.